Is President Trump slipping? And could this cost him the election? These questions stem from a town hall slash interview that he had with Sean Hannity that should have been very easy for him, but he seemed to struggle with an agenda for the second term. And then we're going to discuss, is communism interlaced with the Black Lives Matter movement based off a video from Twitter where they're saying, eat the rich. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to Twitter, follow us at Hanging with Apes. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Man, what a week. A week of research, a week of looking at equipment, a week of plans for the show um some stuff coming along we've gotten some good responses when it came to the video content that we put out so uh we're gonna we're gonna build on that a little bit and and want to see where things go it's very very interesting our content uh, our twitter following has grown uh substantially um yeah, some some work some work has been been put in. Yeah, and and thank you for the people that have uh, commented. Uh, there's been a few people that are new to the you know they they just subscribe to the show and, and they're saying you know they like the first episode or I'm not sure what the first episode they listened to was, but unless they went nice. back to listen to the very first episode, which yeah. I would advise don't do that. <laughs> just you know just pick up from here because you know it's not like boardwalk empire like you gotta like there's a you know yeah it's every 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 episode is fresh it's it's something new every week um new subjects or whatever i mean you're more than welcome to go back yeah. and listen to to our journey and our growth but a lot of that stuff is is very outdated even though yeah. we do at times reference some of those episodes like one episode that i remember that we reference a lot is don't follow your passion because yeah. uh, uh, a lot of that philosophy seems to be interlaced with, you know, things when it comes to like student loan debt and, and college and th- the the path you pick in life and yeah. how sometimes you can be sold a dream. So we do reference stuff from older episodes, but it's, it's really not necessary yeah. to go back. It is a crazy time capsule. Like, oh, big time. If you think about it, and you do see sometimes some of what we were talking about take place later. So it, it does make it very interesting. But like you said, it's so much information, and, and we go off of what's current, you know? Yeah. That what we talked about two years ago might not be as relevant as, you know, today. Right. So, so I mean, you guys don't have to, but do as you must <laughs> or you would like. But, um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone. For your uh, comments and uh, and we appreciate your listens. 
rate and uh, drop a review. It helps us out a lot on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast. Rate it, drop a review, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, what do you wanna what do you wanna discuss first? Trump and the current state of things. Could he lose re-election? Is some of what he's doing gonna cost him the election, or do you want to discuss? communism and how it seems to be interlaced with the black lives matter movement you know what let's talk about the trump situation because i think we'll definitely come up with some stuff for for the black lives matter movement and kind of you know what the game plan should be on his end yeah so yeah it's it's wild though uh, are you concerned? Do you do you feel concerned about how things are right now? I mean, last week yeah. we, we mentioned the rally. Um, the media calls it a failed rally. I wouldn't say it was a failed rally. A failed rally would be like nobody showing up and yeah. and and nothing good for his base and his side of things. Um stemming from it so i wouldn't say it's a failed rally definitely a lower volume way less people rally that's for sure yeah definitely some missteps a hiccup if you will but i don't know if i would say failed rally but last week i did say that i do think that that is a little bit of a cause for concern um and then this week, some more stuff happened. I also think is a little bit of cause for concern. Um, but how do you feel? I'm going to apologize in advance. One thing we reference so much, but I think also it helps to kind of give some uh, perspective, is we always talk Batman, because Batman is great, and boxing. Like, But I think it's also a very good representation on how to kind of give an example in in more more so layman's terms so i would say yes there should be concern but the concern is that of like when you watch a boxing fight 12 rounds first round not so good that wasn't good i don't like that that you know so so in this case it'd be the numbers and then when you uh you did reference the the sean hannity interview uh in pre-production and there wasn't the message is not clear coming from his camp now concern in the sense that uh what's going on and you're seeing the black lives matter protest you're seeing not too much activity from the right not too much rebuttal not too much of anything really just kind of like let's just stay quiet yeah and 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 i understand like we we've talked to it. Uh, we've we've talked about it, and we've likened it to arguing with someone that's just gonna yell, or or debating, or having a discourse with someone that's just gonna yell, scream, and be belligerent. Yes, you probably should not have that conversation until that person like decides let's have discourse. So that's how you get the rhetoric of defund the police. That's how you, as we'll talk later, you get the rhetoric eat the rich, and that's how you get looting and just really a lot of senseless 
things that in general that that really aren't going to help in any way society as we move forward so get that out of the way you also look at the fact that it's what is it well june it's going to be july so we'll just say july you don't want to at least from my perspective you don't want to show your cards too early especially when when joe biden is literally doing nothing and then when he does i don't know what he's saying joe what are you saying <laughs> like you could watch video after video after video he could go on a rant about nothing so i'd be also i wouldn't be concerned but i'd be like well there's not too much of anything going on that side so i probably should step back because of course weeks and months are really like years and decades when it comes to politics and like as far as like trending up or trending down and we saw that with hillary and and and, and trump one week oh i can't believe he said this oh my god poll numbers down then uh the next week hillary with the emails oh shit his poll numbers uh, are back up high so it's such a roller coaster ride that you kind of got to weather the storm so there there should be concern but there's also a lot a lot to be fixed and i think you should kind of talk a little bit about what, what you were telling me like it was a couple days ago the the steve madden uh suggestion steve madden i mean steve steve uh bannon suggestion because uh-huh. uh, i thought that you were on to something when it comes to kind of getting getting trump back on track because the thing with the sean hannity interview i felt he kind of ranted and then would like just go off the reserve a little bit well he he was given like the most i think pivotal moment of that interview was he was given of what should have been a rather easy question to answer in terms of what's on the agenda for a second term and he didn't really know how to answer he did look in all fairness, he did look like he wanted to answer. He was like getting there because mm-hmm. sometimes people can be like you know long winded, so they're they're kind of setting setting up the the framework for their answer. And he was talking about you know how he was new to Washington and and he had only really been to Washington a few times prior yeah. to being president. And it seemed like he was going down the path of well, like in this first term. I had all this stuff that I needed to learn in the second term. Like I kind of got that part. So now I, it seemed like that's where he was going with it. But then somehow, some way there was, there ended up being some sort of interruption and like John Bolton got brought up and then the question was just left hanging. It was never, it was never brought back up or, or, or delved back into. Um, So, I don't know if it would be fair to say that he couldn't answer the question. What definitely happened was that he didn't answer the question. Yeah. Um, a question that I think many voters care about because we can't, on one side, criticize Biden for not having a platform if Trump is not going to have a platform. Now, granted... He has ran off of the slogan, more or less, of keep America great. So that suggests that that would be a continuation of 
everything he's done in the first term, which has been a lot, deregulation, avoided wars, but still be stern with the enemies, play the same game that the enemies play, get more stern with our allies because for the longest we've more or less been abused, focus on the economy, the stock market, business, all of this stuff. So it would suggest that, but that was a perfect opportunity to, to say exactly what you just said. Ground yeah. himself mm -hmm. and yeah, more or less say, like you just said, exactly what I just said. He didn't do that. Um, so the other day when we, you and I were talking, I was thinking that it may not be a bad idea to reach out to Steve Bannon to sort of get the philosophy of things back in line because I think Brad Parscale is good logistically, technologically. That part, he seems to be a genius really when it, yeah. when it comes to that. But I do think that there is a little bit of philosophy lacking. Now, in that same conversation we had, I also mentioned that that could be because it could be intentional. It could be, well, because Biden doesn't have a platform, because Biden isn't saying anything, because Biden is hiding, what are we going to counter if like we, we don't want to give him too much? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We don't want to kind of how you phrase it. We don't want to show our cards too much. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that want something done about everything that's going on, um, like the statues and being torn down and, and, and the, the looting and the rioting and, and everything like that. So it is a very tough position for Trump to be in. And then he had to cancel an event in New Jersey because of the COVID stuff. So a lot of stuff is is getting in the way of of I think a very important time in the in yeah. in the campaign. So yeah, I, I think I think there there needs to be a little bit of a of a philosophical look at things and and get some perspective in that area, definitely. Then today there was another slip up with him retweeting somebody saying white power in in the villages i don't know where that's at it's in florida somewhere but i don't know exactly where it's at it mm -hmm. looked like an old people like community uh type of area yeah and you had people on golf carts they were all white old people people on golf carts and then like some were for, for trump and then on the other side some were against trump and you had one guy saying you know, Trump, 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 and then he say, ends up saying white power. And it's funny because this morning when I, I saw that tweet and I caught that shit instantly, I was like, what the <coughs> fuck? Like, what the fuck was, was he thinking, like, retweeting this? Yeah. You know, and then and then the uh, CNN, uh, Jake Tapper asked, um, uh, who do you, he asked somebody about it. It was a Republican. Yeah. And the Republican, um, I think it was Tim Scott, and uh, he's, and then Tim Scott even said, yeah, he should take that down. Like, the, you know, I'm not going to play politics about it, but he should take it down. It was definitely a misstep. Now, 
do, do I think that means that Trump is a white supremacist and for white power and all of that? No, I don't think that. I think that that was a mistake. A mistake that I recently made that you pointed out earlier that yeah. how oh, yeah. ye- yesterday I tweeted hashtag. Well, this is what I meant to tweet, but then I'll tell you what I did tweet. I tweeted hashtag Black Lives Matter is communism. That's what I meant to tweet. But what I ended up tweeting, not even realizing it, is hashtag Blue Lives Matter is communism. Now, I'm not all lives matter, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Like, I'm not like for any of that. But but I was making a point of pretty much what we're going to get into in the next segment is how Black Lives Matter seems to be interlaced with communism. But somehow, some way, I don't know if, if it, the autocorrect or whatever, I didn't even see it. You pointed it out to me today, which yeah. was like 24 hours later. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, shit. And then so it can happen because it literally just happened to me. And if you were like prominent in the sense of like in politics, Oh, oh somebody would have brought that shit up within the first few seconds. They would have had a field day. It's uh, like, oh, damn, he thinks Blue Lives Matter is communist, and now you got cops going against your ass. Right. Yeah. But, but there's it, nothing there's to really substantiate nothing. that Blue yeah. Lives Matter is communist. Yeah. There are things to substantiate that Black Lives Matter is communist. Yeah. Very so apparent. I do think that these missteps as of late. Clean your shit up. Yeah, yeah, like you got to be tighter, you got to be sharper during a campaign, during an election year, 100%. Yeah. Now, I will say this, though. Him being very active, you know, yeah, you're tweeting this, you're tweeting that, you're doing this, you're responding to this, you're responding to that. Yeah, you're you're very active, that's fine. But again, watch a whole video before you post it, just to, you know. Yeah, Oh, the White House spokesperson said that he didn't hear it. Like yeah. He didn't, and... and like I just explained, I can believe that because he erased it too. He, he yeah, removed he, it. Yeah, because like of course, if someone was to say white power, and if you were on some shit like that, you wouldn't be overt with it like that too. Like if you think about it, like yeah, which I mean, at the end of the day, I go off of the facts, and there's nothing that he's done in his time and tenure as president that shows he's on some like white power shit yeah so, like so isn't that he never advocated for things to benefit whites over everybody else or anything like that um i see on social media he seems to have a a, a, a relatively decent sized hispanic following a relatively decent sized black following um so yeah i mean I, I think it was just a, a flat out mistake, but I don't know what happens at this point going forward. It is it is a little bit concerning because while I agree partly with your assessment that you know there's twelve rounds and and you know you got to play the long game, all of that. I I agree with all of that. I find it concerning after you really take a hard look at what Biden is or what he isn't for that matter, that he's even this far. Like that is a little bit bizarre to me. 
So I don't know if that says more about the recklessness and the foolishness of the left right now because are you not gonna address that are we not gonna talk about that is that just swept under the rug and will it continuously be swept under the rug because this is not a one-time two-time three-time thing this is a lot matter of fact if i'm not mistaken i think the the don't walk run youtube channel if i'm not mistaken has 30 a, a countdown of the 30 best biden gaffes 30 that's insane so this is a constant thing so he is being propped up so much by the mainstream media by the left-wing politicians and by the left-wing constituency that I am inclined to believe that they are willing to look over everything in order for this man to be president. But the flip side, and I would say the silver lining in all of that is this. They seem to be very arrogant. Oh, Trump's rally failed. He failed. Oh, nobody's going to vote for Trump. He's done. Nobody wanted to go to that hate speech rally. None of that. So that's what they're on. And they're so focused on Trump's missteps and they stay focused on him that I don't know how much that inclines Biden and his people to actually strategize. See, the good thing about the right is that every misstep, it seems to be pointed out. Like, okay, well, you got to do better here. This yeah. has to be better. Like, things are, are on, on the right side are more critical of Trump. Not the criticism that he got from the left-wing media, like all of these three and a half years of no. any little thing he does. they bat No, but like mm -hmm. legit criticisms yeah. like... When you're asked about a second term, you should be able to answer that. Yeah. Like, just, you should be, that's, that's not. Would, yeah, would you say. It's not inexcusable. Yeah. Would you say they're both kind of a little too relaxed? Both sides? I don't think, I, I don't get that Trump's side is relaxed because. They want to throw rallies like yeah. we had Tulsa. Okay, as many people didn't show up. We had, after that, he went to Arizona with the student rally. That one seemed to be pretty decent. Yeah. Then there was an event in New Jersey. I don't know if it was a rally, but there was an event in New Jersey, but they canceled because of the COVID stuff. So that don't that doesn't strike me as relaxed. That strikes me as you want to do stuff, but you're restricted. Yeah. And I could see that being frustrating. So I get from what I get from the Trump side is more so frustration. And you can't really blame them because has there ever been an election during such a, a, a pandemic like this? I don't know. Definitely not in my lifetime. So how yeah. do you even move through this shit? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's definitely frustrating. Biden side. 
I don't know if I would call it relaxed or arrogant or lazy. Because, I mean, he had that one decent ad that came out in Pennsylvania, which is fine. Like, it was a decent ad. Even Trump in the in the Sean Hannity interview slash town hall thing yeah. said it was a good ad. So he'll give the credit where credit is due. Yeah. But but that's it. Even even the little, it was like an event that, that Biden had. There was like three, four people there where he forgot the mic for like 40 seconds. Yeah. And he was... Then where he said, oh, 120 million people died from the COVID. Like, yeah. And he always does that. But that's the reason why Trump can't have the type of gaps we were talking about. Because right then and there, you see the difference in the treatment of the candidates. You said 120 million COVID deaths. Crickets. Nobody's really no saying, oh, look, this he's unfit. He... Biden is not well. Now you have uh, Trump walking down a tarmac. Trump is not well, you know? Trump saying something, some of the wild shit that he says. Oh, look, he's so unfit. He's so unfit. So it's it, 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 it's it's a very biased uh, look and biased journalism. And this is not something that, like, we're making up. We were actually just watching a video on Vice. It was a Vice video um, where they're showing a graph, uh, like Twitter people, and, and kind of like how people stay interconnected depending on what their you know politics are. So it was a very cool graph. One side is red, the other side is blue, and 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 then you see kind of like the people in between here and there. When they showed verified journalists. The left side, the blue side, was lighting up. The red, there was barely any. Which was, in a way, like I was like, man, this is wild as hell. But at the same time, it's like, well, the journalists are staying within the fringes of whatever the left is. And they're not. there's nothing going on in the right side. Like, you don't understand. When they even talk about it in the video, they're like, it's kind of... There's really no one looking into disconnect. The, yeah, like the 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 base, Trump's base or Trump's the people that like Trump. Like, there's no one really reporting anything from that side, and you do kind of get a disconnect. And then that's why you got 2016. That's what that's why that happened because, well, there's really obviously a clear bias, and you can't. So when you watch the news. That bias shows so much that it, it it almost makes it where reality isn't really no. You're what, not what, what you see on TV yeah. from the mainstream media does not match what's going on in the real world. Yes, and and it's it's very. I mean, think about that. You watch the news and you don't know if what you're watching is real. That's kind of a paranoid way of thinking, but something that's been proven. It's substantiated. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if I would if I would use the same words you did as you don't know if it's real. Yeah. It's just you don't know if it's if it's skewed. So yes, that's a better word. Yes, because it, I mean it, it. It's it's real. Like for instance, and this kind of more so applies to the next segment, but it's, it's worth mentioning now. 
when you see a Black Lives Matter protest and it also is a Black Trans Lives Matter protest, it's like, okay, well, and you see videos, uh, uh, um, CNN or MSNBC, Fox, wherever have you, these protests, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter. So that's real. Like those are real people. Like I don't think they're like uh, what the crisis actors. Like yeah. I don't. I don't think it's that. <laughs> no. Like like it, it's real. Those those are real people saying those things and marching or whatever. But what's skewed about it is is there enough of these people that it's even worth covering like black trans lives matter like how many black transsexuals are there three like you know I, like yeah, in, yeah. In, in in all like, I, obviously there's way more than three but like <laughs> like i like and not to say that like those people are 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 insignificant people like no yeah. like they're all like human lives and should be valued and everything like that but like you're making it seem like this movement is so huge when the reality is the population of trans people is very very low yeah. but somehow it's now interlaced with black lives matter and everything like that and it just kind of makes you think well like i don't know one trans person it, yeah. you know and i know a lot of people you know what i'm saying yeah. and i don't know one trans person so it is skewed this is not the reality that I see every day going to work, attending to my business, researching the podcast, networking with people like this is not the reality that I see. And in the documentary that I watched recently, which, by the way, two great documentaries lately, I tweeted about it done by right wingers. One, Uncle Tom, produced by Larry Elder. The other one, Hoaxed, produced by Mike Cernovich. Do yourselves a favor. If you're into politics, if you're into culture, if you're into the type of things that we talk about, watch both of those documentaries. Make a night of it. You're going to enjoy it. You will not regret it. You have my word. But in Hoaxed, they bring up something that I find very interesting. There's a guy that they're talking to, and he brings up what low percentage of white supremacists slash KKK people are in this country. Yeah. And, but yet the media covers that shit. Like it's a thing. Like, well, you saw the Sarah, uh, Baron Cohen situation where, where, where he went to, uh, it was like a right wing militia. Oh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He, he went and, uh, you know, did what he does. So so I guess he went in and then he started saying something about Saudis and then had people singing back. And, you know, he has that documentary on... Or it's it's kind of like... It's his style of comedy, documentary style, called This Is America on Showtime, right? Yeah. Is it, yeah, Showtime. So... Is that still running? That was no. That was the, like that one, that one little season they had, right? That, but I think he's back at it again because oh. it seems like he's staying in that realm. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe it'll be like a second season oh, okay. or, or something like that. That shit was funny. It was. It was hilarious. But but see, that's the thing. The amount of people. First of all, I'm not sure what uh, right wing militia it was, so I'm not going to sit here because a lot of people. Oh, look, it was Nazis. Well, I don't know. I don't know who the organizers are. I don't know, but. What I did know is that there wasn't that many people. 
No, because to be honest with you, the reason that I didn't even finish watching that video of him doing whatever he was doing, because yeah. one, the quality was awful. You can't even really tell if it's him or not. Yeah. And it didn't seem like there were many people there. No. I, I, what? Uh, 15? 15, 20 people? It's just not. Okay, so if it were indeed 15 and 20 white supremacists, like that shit is far outweighed by any real, you know, like motherfucker that like is, is do, making moves in his life. Like, I'm. I'm and 20 only, people are not going to stop me. And not only that, <laughs> they're morons. Like, those people, yeah. and I've said this on the show plenty of times, the real, like, overt, out there with it, racist people, they're fucking stupid. Like, have if you come across, yeah. like, the real... Now, maybe the, 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 the ones that subvert that shit and you don't know what they're on, like, in their, yeah. in their own personal lives or, or, or amongst their own people, that's different. Yeah. But, like, the ones that express overt racism that the type of racism that Don Lemon makes you think still exists. Yeah. There's very few of them because to be honest, I've never met one in my yeah. life. I've seen them on TV and like in YouTube videos, yeah. but I've never physically met one personally. No, that's number one. And number two, every single video or, or article or thing that I read about a person like that, they are a complete moron. You allow class them, ten yeah. out of ten times. Yes, like it's just so crazy. It's yeah. it, that that anybody of color would even like be worried about somebody like that. <laughs> like, what were you? What, they took her jobs. All right, well, I'm gonna go get a job while you cry about they took your jobs, and that's it. That's it. That's how you defeat it. Because <laughs> they're like nothing ass people will do nothing ass shit. So let them let them say whatever. Motherfucker, my gold chain is more than what you got in your bank, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, 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 it's like, why would you worry about that? Yeah. Now, at the same, at the same time, you perpetuate that and you put that out there, and then what you get is people thinking that everything is racist and that it isn't. Yeah. And and a classic, perfect example of it today is a situation that. I came across today on uh, on one of our social media platforms, and I was called. I didn't even go looking for trouble. I was yeah. called out today. So somebody that I know posted: Chase Bank gave 1.9 percent of its lending funds to Black Chicagoans since 2012. Y'all should pull y'all money out and close y'all accounts, anyways. So there was a. It, it became a little bit of an echo chamber. You, you see, some people say. I uh, I think everybody should push to do it by July 31st. And then uh, somebody said after 2008, all blacks should have pulled their money from Chase, which I don't know like like what their rationale for that is. And then somebody called me out and they were like telling the person that posted it at your buddy that has a podcast that didn't know what redlining and discriminatory lending was. Well, well, even before you say that, the person that said after 2008, all blacks should have pulled their money from Chase, then they said this, and this is very important because it kind of counteracts what you're about to say. During Occupy Wall Street, it came out that Chase was giving out subprime loans to the majority of black homeowners. They took one of the worst hits and lost homes. Meanwhile, our government bailed out the big banks. So... It does very much, you kind of answer that with your post. 
Right. Which for anybody that doesn't know what a subprime loan is, subprime loan is a loan that is lent to somebody with not a, a loan that's given to somebody with not optimum credit. So subprime credit. Yeah. Um a lot of these loans, the, these type of loans are not backed the same way that a prime loan would be backed. They're, they're subject to higher interest rates uh, at, at times. At, boy, in that time, like adjustable rates were a thing. Yeah. So all of that stuff. Now, I'm not sitting here defending banks and saying like the practices were the best or anything like that. But at the end of the day, you as... The individual accepting this loan, taking this loan, you are signing this paperwork, you are making an agreement, and it is on you to have, for lack of better terminology, your shit together before you enter certain endeavors. So, once I was called out, I simply responded with a question, which... This was almost nine hours ago now, and nobody has responded. Crickets. My question would simply be, how do we know that this is inherent racism? I've been managing investment property since 18 years old, and I've owned real estate investment property since 26 years old. I'm currently 32. And I have a loan with Chase for a four unit in Inglewood, and I'm as minority as it gets, of who gets treated unfairly, air quotations, by lending practices. Yet, I've never experienced this. Neither have other investors of color that I know. So is it racist or are certain requirements like credit, area, property value, liquid assets, etc., not being met? I'm not defending banks, but they are a business at the end of the day. I don't automatically jump to oh the reason is because it's racist yeah like maybe it is and there are times there are times where it does happen but at the end of the day you have to be able to substantiate that shit like for instance one day we went we went to a place in bridgeport remember with our friends and then we were like right by the window, yeah. And then, like for whatever reason, like we were moved all the way towards the back, and then we yeah. were all like, "Like, well, what the fuck? What is that about?" Yeah. In that moment, we all sitting at the table did feel like it was racist, like it was yeah. something race or whatever. But at at the end of the day, we couldn't prove it that we had nothing to substantiate it. Yeah. So we don't know like what it was. We don't know. Oh, maybe the section was reserved. Like we don't know. So I'm not I'm not dis I, I I'm not disregarding how one may feel about it, but to make such a bold statement that a bank, an institution, a financial institution, one of the biggest financial financial institutions in this nation, is racist. You have to come with some sort of evidence. You yeah. can't just say it and then expect it, and then especially when so assertively, especially when. My experience with it, and like I said, being a minority, like I would be a prime candidate for being treated unfairly, but yet, no. And it's in a neighbor, and it's in a neighborhood that's not like up north, Lincoln Park, and all these areas where supposedly they're giving all their money to. Yeah. So is it 
that they're racist or is it that the people that were going after certain loans didn't meet the requirements? Maybe they didn't have a certain amount of money in the bank. Maybe they didn't have their credit the way it was. Maybe the property that they were trying to get, whether they were trying to refinance or just get the loan for, maybe it didn't hold the value that that they that that yeah. the the sale value it could be a multitude of things you can't automatically jump to racism oh, yeah, it's yeah. racism yeah, look at the metric that was used and did you require or or what was required of you did you meet that requirement that that that's it now let's say it did and then it comes out there the metric for black and white people right was well they gave the loans to white people even though they met the requirements the same well yeah well yeah that's then that would be racist. that would definitely be like yeah. more evidence to suggest that there was racism yeah but you've presented none of this you're just saying oh it's racist yeah no that's that that doesn't that's not enough to that's not enough to fly and that's how i think that's how i look at things but apparently we don't live in a time where many people think that way. Now, back to uh, what I was referencing earlier, that don't, don't walk, run video. Yeah, it is indeed 30 Biden gaffes and the video is 21 minutes long. Imagine having 21 minutes worth of material yeah. and, and you're still being propped up. You know what I'm saying? So that that's a little bit concerning because that means that like these people they'll just overlook everything just because they hate Trump. Yeah. So I guess my thing is I don't know how far reaching that contempt is. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's the the scary part, but then it's like this is where Actual journalism helps. For example, we've talked about primary numbers. Primary being, well, the left has had their primaries, but just because there's different candidates there, you still got to vote like Trump in officially. Yeah. So then it's like, well, he's his numbers have been so much higher. Yeah. You know, but it's just him and he's not facing anyone. Yeah, Biden's facing people. There was Bernie, who yeah. is a rock star on the left. You had Elizabeth Warren, you had Kamala Harris, Biden, you know, um, Bloomberg. And it was very divided until Bloomberg, Buttigieg, yeah. what was it, Klobuchar all dropped like around yeah. the same time. Just, and yeah, even, we're yeah. out here. We so we endorsed Biden. But there was no excitement. The numbers just weren't there. So then at that point, it's like, okay, does that play a part? Does, does that you know, work in Trump's favor, does it not? And it's something that I feel like an article would be nice for someone to actually dig deep and kind of look into it, you know? Because that's another metric. Like, well, that that people Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because really all that the mainstream media is saying is polls, polls, polls. That's yeah. it. Which I mean, I don't know how many people they're polling. The most I ever see polled is like a right around or under 2,000. Yeah. So that's not even that many people, all things considered. Yeah. And then who are they asking? Yeah. 
something that you brought up the other day that I thought was very interesting is like, well, what kind of people are they asking? Because some people are a lot busier than others. People got shit going on. It's like, yeah, I... Some people don't have time to take a poll. I know I've never taken one of those polls and nobody's ever asked me. So that's what I'm saying. There's all of these questions and you're right. There's not a whole lot of deep digging going on to get the real answers. And to me, the digging is important for Biden because the excitement wasn't there in the primary. There was no excitement. You hid and then you came out and you really didn't say anything like... We, we, we covered the primaries. If people want to go back to different episodes, like let listen to the ones where we were talking about how Elizabeth Warren took up most of the air on some of those and still was out. Bernie took up a lot of the air. Biden, there was times even in those primaries where he was like, uh, uh, and then he would just say something and then he would even stop early from making his point because you could tell that he was like a little flustered and didn't know his, I, I, my time's up anyway so I'll talk later about it and it's like well that's kind of concerning yeah. you should be excited you should be so excited that you're talking over the to moderator point across yeah because yeah. like if a moderator's telling me I was like, alright cool hold on, hold on let me just finish my point so I can let people know what my plan is uh, yeah but we well, hold on let me. I just got like two more points but like you saw like he's looking at the timer and he's like Please, oh. when is it over? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it, it happens. Like we, when you're like on the treadmill or something, you know, you're on that last five minutes, and it's like, fuck, can I finish these last five minutes? Or can I? I mean, I did go for a run. Like it does count, but could I finish it? That, that's how I felt. Like he was looking at the finish line. I was like, man, this looks far away. I'm just gonna stop. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's pretty concerning, because it does go with the whole cognitive situation that's going on with him like uh, so you add the no clear point from his side too you add the non-excitement that will play a a role but it's kind of been lost lost in everything really because 2020 has been so eventful in all the wrong ways it seems that you kind of forget some of this stuff yeah but you, you and then also like the COVID-19 situation that really, I mean, changes a lot of things. People are wearing masks. I remember when we used to go to like the mall and like most, I think the only people I would ever see wearing masks were Asian. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the SARS thing. So it's like, that's the norm. Lockdowns are the norm. You know, emotions run running higher is now the norm. You know, the Black Lives Matter protest is now the like the, the, all this has be like from January to now, it's progressively been like a completely, it's almost like a black and white world right now. Like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. Whole disease, you know, or, or virus is out. And so, so that all plays a part. But once you kind of hit those last two, three months, I think it's very important, really, for both candidates. But Mostly, it's like you said, there has to be a clear, concise plan from from, from both candidates. But also, you said something that I think is makes sense, too, is like, well, 
if I put my plan out, they're gonna now they have something where they can bash it, they can counter it. So I, I, maybe both are are on the defensive when it comes to that. It's like, I don't want to say too much. I, I let's wait to see what he has to say. Yeah. And in that regard, if that's what's going on, I think Biden would have more to lose from that because we more or less know what Trump is on, even if he's not expressing it because he's had three and a half years to show that. Yeah. Biden, we still don't know. Yeah. And the one thing that's been very clear is even history shows the the law and order president, the law and order candidate does get the numbers a lot more. Like they do get it voted in more. Well, that is one thing that is so crazy that you mentioned that. And I didn't even plan on getting into this, but it, it's, it, it, it's good you brought it up. So right now CNN has this, I don't know how old it is, but I saw it recently, this miniseries called 1968. And I don't know how, how, how many episodes it is, but I saw like three and all of the episodes are about that particular year, 1968. Wow. And they're talking about Nixon's campaign in one of the episodes that I was watching. And when he went to New Hampshire, he had a town hall. And one of the questions he was asked about his candidacy was what's like one of the, the top tier issues. And he said law and order. And he said the reason that law and order is important is because without law and order, nothing else can we do. You can't build a business, can't go to the store, can't raise your family. Like you need that. That's pretty much the foundation, which there's truth to it. Are you going to be buying buildings and investing and doing all of this type of stuff if like your car could just get vandalized without any any recourse? You could get robbed with like... There has to be some sort of structure, not yeah. to say that all people are inherently criminals, but there are criminals out there. And yeah. if they can just do whatever they want freely, yeah. kind of makes it hard to live. Very indicative of what's going on in 2020. Another thing was because of the whole civil rights movement and there were, you know, the peaceful protesters, but then there were those that were extreme there was looting and 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 rioting and and cities being burnt to the ground and everything similar to how we recently saw here. Yeah. And what's wild is Nixon put out an ad of the cities burning and all of this craziness, just like Trump recently did. Yeah. Another parallel, very wild, is Nixon called his constituency the silent center. Trump's calling his the silent majority. Hmm. So parallels are very Yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Another thing that I noticed at the time the Democratic Party was in shambles. JFK is already assassinated. Lyndon B. Johnson has been president. He's in the middle of a war with Vietnam. He's gonna leave. His vice president is running. Bobby Kennedy is running. The Democratic Party doesn't really have much of an identity. 
all of the rock stars are in the Republican Party. You had Nixon, you had Reagan. I mean, just those two names alone right there. Obviously, Reagan loses in the primaries. Nixon goes on. And then, as we know, Nixon goes on to be president. Where are the rock stars? All the rock stars are in the Republican side. They're pretty quiet right now, but that's where they're at. Like, you know what I'm saying? Which I remember a time where the Republicans didn't have shit going for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So very similar stuff. And it's just, I guess, two questions I have is, how big is the silent majority? And why the fuck are they being so silent? Well, I think the silent majority is a lot is a lot bigger than the ones screaming. And and you'll notice and I think we, we talked about this about the HBO Max. The was it uh, Gone with the Wind? Was was taking off of HBO Max because it had uh, slavery in the movie and and John Ridley said well it was romanticizing slavery so I think that we should remove it until there's context to it which I think is ridiculous but that's neither here nor there so it was removed sells out on it well not it can't sell out but it was a number one it was a number one top seller for quite a while and that it made me think because it was like, man, this is kind of a wild notion. This movie j- just got, you know, banned, you know, at least for the immediate moment. Well, what, why is it selling? And I think the answer to that is, well, people live their lives and they're going to have their thoughts and they didn't sign up to be politicians. Right. They, they didn't like that's not something they signed up for they signed up for well I want to live my life this is how I want to live my life this is what's going on now if you look at the psychology behind some of the people like let's say in the Black Lives Matter movement or in the Occupy Wall Street movement and then you kind of compare them with people that are a lot more conservative well you don't really like the conservative person and I mean, like the lifestyle, just a, like a way more conservative lifestyle. I'm too busy with my family. I'm too busy providing for, for for the family, or I'm too busy spending time and and doing other things. I don't have, well, you know, what I don't have time for is I don't have time to go cry about stuff and yell and 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 tweet yeah. and 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 stuff like that. And it's just a, it's almost like a very warped version of, of, of the person if, if they were both on the left and the right so I, th- I feel like yeah it is a cool thing right now for for people to s- share stuff um, uh, unsubstantiated on twitter or on facebook or on this or on that and there's people that 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 on both sides of the aisle right or, or, or left they'll, they'll express whatever they feel but you also have to realize too is the older demographic is also a lot more conservative so I feel the older you are, the less concerned you are about being on social media too. So I think that that could correlate a lot of, you know, why there's so much silence. Cause like, well, what do I need to like, I'm just going to go vote. That's, that's what I'm going to do. 
so I, I think there is a lot at play. Like you see, the millennials are millennialing, <laughs> for for lack of a better term. You know, either you're left or you're right. But like on Twitter, I see mostly it's it's a more youthful crowd. Not to say there's not older people on there. There is, but it is a, a much more youthful crowd. You know, so you you see a, a you you see a difference between Sean Hannity and Ben Shapiro or Crowder. You see a difference yeah. in the way they see things, and I think that the silent majority is there. And then the the second part. What was the second question you asked? Why are they so silent? Yeah, well, I guess that kind of answers it. I, I think the silence is more so. Well, I don't. Uh, the, I'm not trying to talk. I'm not trying to talk right now. Yeah. I'm going to just vote. And it's a very, it's a very, I think, a scary notion because you look at one side and you look at the other and it's like the polar opposites and it seems like it's like very Mm one-sided. But again, I think too, you have to kind of break down the people economically break them down psychologically break them down at, at just as i mean everything if you're happy <laughs> you know what i'm saying like if, if if when do you like we talk because we have a podcast but like when do we sit there and and just cry about shit or complain about shit even other we're younger never like anytime you call me it's like oh hey this building what do you think? It's a, it's a good investment. Or, uh, oh, hey, this article. Oh, hey, uh, here's some webcams that we want to look into so we could start doing more video content. 4K, what do you think? It's never really like... Yeah, even and even when, when there is something like that's not good, we don't cry about it. It's, all right, well, what do we do to fix it? Oh, situation at you know, a property or issue with the episode or, oh, it didn't upload like it properly or, damn, we, we had to record late or we couldn't get this or this file. Fuck, like, yeah, things happen, but all right, fix it. Keep it moving. Yeah. I remember when we were much younger, Obama won and we called each other that night. We were talking and we were both like, man, this is gonna this seems like just knowing his politics like it seems like things are gonna be harder than we would have liked them to be going forward for us but it didn't stop us you know what i'm saying like like stuff still happened we still made moves and stuff like that it was just not under it wasn't the playing field that we would have liked not definitely not the playing field as business people that we got during a Trump administration. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but even then, it's not it's not bitching and moaning. It's it's getting stuff done. Yeah. And, and this is kind of like, I think we talked about this in pre-production. You had posted a video. Uh, it was like a Latina girl talking about how, like, why it's a little bit concerning. The statues are, people are worrying so much about breaking or uh, toppling statues and kind of erasing history. And she's saying, well, I'm, Venezuelan, and I saw this with my own very own two eyes. So seeing it again is pretty scary because it's not a situation I want to be in, having experienced it once. 
and seeing that like the little signals because we told ourselves this wasn't happening this would never happen and it did happen so it is a scary notion to think that someone that in their life saw something and was like this is so far removed from reality that like it would never happen and then it did happen is scary so then i said uh leave it to the radical left and america can be the next cuba or venezuela then someone responded with this president we with this president we are getting close to that picture and you don't even see it so then right then and there i ask well how could you blame the president for the left's intersectional politics please elaborate no answer but see us we're willing to engage with people because we want to know what they're thinking like that i didn't say that because like you can't blame trump for identity politics that's a left that's the left's playing uh field that's their that's the, that's the game that they play what how can you blame trump with that so please elaborate but a lot of people don't want that elaboration or, or don't care like they just see you, you see it on tv like this is what's gonna happen this is how the world will look this way this is how the world will look that way i will vote for the way that i want the world to look and that's it that's all you're gonna get from people but us obviously podcasters obviously even naturally the reason why we even got into podcasting was because these were the type of conversations we had like in high school you in lumina and it was like four of us you know listening to and this is some wild shit uh listening to g unit stopping the music and be like, all right cool so talking about freud talking about uh um psychology talking about politics all the friends and everything you know what i'm saying like so we've always been into that but that's something that not everybody there's people who on thanksgiving it's it's kind of a radical notion to talk politics hey, you don't do that it's yeah. thanksgiving and it's like well that's kind of a tradition not i don't think a good tradition or a, a, an exciting tradition but a tradition nonetheless because no, it is true like yeah. there's people out there that don't talk about shit yeah yeah or or if they would like to they know that it's going to become into this heated like we're comfortable and, with that conversation and yeah. that type of you know i argue with my sister and my brother and 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 other family members and friends will argue and 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 it, it could get heated but it's like we are okay and comfortable in that environment not everyone is not everyone wants to feel you know oh i'm being accused of this or i'm being like no we're having a conversation you can explain yourself and then they can explain themselves and then we could talk and maybe we won't agree at the end but not a lot of people want to feel that they just have their thoughts and these are my thoughts and this is how it's going to happen and you're but not going to change how, my mind. How do you grow? How do you learn if if you're not willing to challenge your notions? And you're, yeah. I mean, you. It is possible to challenge your notions yourself, but it's always nice when it comes from somebody else, and yeah. you have that opportunity to either one learn something new because you learned that you were wrong about it, yeah, or two reinforce what you already knew and be like oh okay well like i know my shit because like this person like didn't even like lay a finger on me yeah yeah but but see that's the concerning part even of the graph we were talking about because just like there's an echo chamber on the left there is an echo chamber on the right too oh, big time and it's like well i thought twitter was about discourse so so like i'll say something and you've and, and, and see like 
you do this a lot too on more so on, on well you do it on both platforms but on facebook it's a little bit more personal because we know some of the people and it becomes a conversation like i feel yeah listen it's nice for people that think like you and you agree with them but do you really challenge your your views unless you're talking to the other side and trying to see what their thoughts are and where it's coming from yeah i think and also yeah. the thing with me is i'm willing to even challenge people on my side because I've dealt with people that, oh, build the wall. And then you ask them, well, why? And, like, they don't know why. Yeah. So I don't, like, have much respect for you either because yeah. you don't, you're just saying some shit. Like, you're just tribal. It it just so happens to be that this particular tribe, like, their, 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 their belief system it leans more towards, like, my philosophy and ideology. Yeah. But you don't have no basis for it. No. You've never really thought about it or challenged it, had these notions challenged. Nah, I don't I don't rock with you. Like I don't even really want to be associated with you because we're not on the same yeah. we're not on the same thing. Anybody that I go against, like I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah. Because a lot of those people are the same way that like, you get on, on in, in some of the, the radical left situations that they don't want to talk to anybody and like they just want to live in that echo chamber and and perpetually stay there. Nah, that's not that's not how it goes. I would rather than be around that, I'd much rather be around people that disagree with me but are willing to have the discourse. Yeah. It's important. It's important and I'm I'm always for that. I'm always for that, but I guess not. I guess a lot of people aren't. And I mean, I I don't know if I'd say a lot of people aren't. I know there are some that aren't. But I think at large, this country is kind of based off of discourse. Like, how is a great company ever going to be built? Why do debates exist? Like, to really yeah. make shit happen, y you have to have a discourse. Like, oh, I think this. No, I think this. And then... Okay, in all of this, we're, we're, we're both getting our clearer, concise, legit points out. And then in there somewhere is the mixture of, of what's the right way to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. I think it's a, a smart thing to do. So, yeah, it's, it's important. Very important. Um, but, yeah. Segwaying into the next topic, Black Lives Matter seems to be interlaced with communism. We've discussed this before, but the most recent reasoning as to why we believe that is based off of a video posted on Twitter where they're marching and protesting in Beverly Hills and they're chanting, eat the rich. Which, by my estimate, I could be wrong, seems to have nothing to do with police <laughs> brutality or anything racial, but yet they're chanting, eat the rich. What do you make of that? Well, they're, they're in their truest form. Uh, Patrice Colors 
has been she's actually there's a clip of her saying that her and Alicia Garza which is the other co-founder there were well, there's three there's those two and then there's another one uh, Opal to what is it to to Medi well she said in in an interview that that her and Alicia Garza are trained Marxists mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken too Alicia Garza is in is LGBTQ so that yeah I, I guess when you look at their mission statement because like I did find it very odd that like a Black Lives Matter is kind of leaning very heavily towards the whole trans black trans this trans because it's a well it's a little bit this isn't the cause Trayvon Martin wasn't, I mean, from what I know, wasn't gay. George Floyd isn't gay or wasn't gay. Like, there's nothing that, that any news that I've heard of that. So, like, I don't know what that has to do with that. So, but then you look at the co-founders and you see what where they're at and what their thought process is. And, of course, of course the rhetoric is going to spill because that's, at the end, what the real what the real thing is, what the real political situation is. It's not, the slogan is Black Lives Matter. The movement is not Black Lives Matter at all, really. And um, that's, I've gotten into so many debates about that. And it's like, well, well, uh, about the black square. Remember the black square on, on Instagram? It was the whole thing. Yeah. So blacked out. And then, you know, I asked certain friends, certain family that, that, that did that whole thing. I was like, well, why? Well, because Black Lives Matter. Was, yeah, but like, well, do you know about Black Lives Matter? Well, no, well, what I'm saying is, well, because there's systemic racism and, there, you know, the oppression. They, they went through that. Route, but I was like, yeah, but what does the movement, I said, do you know, like, what, what the founders are about? Like, do you know what? The, well, no, I'm not. See, it's not about that. It's about, like, you know, this is messed up how, how black people are being treated. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You have to stop falling for the... for the. It's You know what that is? It's like, have you ever... Well, have you ever been to the mall? It's fucking, I, you've been to the mall where, like, people... They're like, hey, you have great skin. C- come here real quick. Come here. And, and you yeah. know what they're doing. They're trying to lure you in to then sell you what the fuck they're going to sell you. And... and, and and I'm an asshole because like I'll just be like nah, and then I just keep going. I'm not an asshole, but I just don't want to waste. I don't want to buy it, and, and I didn't come for this. So they'll be like, yeah, well, no, it's fine. I don't want it. And then I'll walk and ignore them because I don't want to be stuck being sold something I did not want. Well, that's what this is basically. That's what it is. It's a slogan being sold in that manner. And as I'm explaining to them that they're like, well, no, see, that's not. But but see, you're not understanding. This is what that is. You know, like, if you... If you say you're... A feminist, or MGTOW, or Black Lives Matter, or or uh, uh, white... Uh, um, white supremacist, there's a slew of things that... that uh, a slew of guidelines that that's going to require. So, yeah. if you... So, so like, for example, if, if a white supremacist group said... Um, you know... The slogan was, don't kill the babies or some shit. It was a, an abortion. I might agree 
don't kill the babies, but then it becomes this movement. Don't kill the babies. Don't kill it. But it's literally like if you go to their page and you see who the founders are and they're like, yeah, you know, fuck all the blacks and Mexicans. I hate them. Well, then it's like, well, why would I yeah. follow that? <laughs> Don't kill the baby. I, now I know who the, who the, for some reason I think about that line with Lil Wayne. <laughs> Please say the babies. <laughs> like, but, but anyway. It's like, I would not follow that movement. I would not hashtag that movement. I'm not about that movement. No. Yeah. Abortions, whatever. I have my thoughts on that. I'm not about this movement. And that's where there's a disconnect with people when I argue with them because they think because I say, oh, I'm not about Black Lives Matter. They think I'm saying, I don't think Black Lives Matter. That's a completely different conversation. And you're not understanding that. But the fact of the matter is, is they are Marxists. The founders are Marxists. That's what they're going for. I mean, she said we are trained Marxists. She didn't say, "Oh, you know, I, I believe in Marxism." No, she said she's. I a dabbled tra- in the occasional yeah. Marxism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, I dabble here and there. I was like, no, I was like, you're trained. That's what you said. So, so like, I like the occasional Marxism every other weekend, <laughs> a little Marxism, a little Marxism on my steak. <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes before I go to sleep, just a little, you know, just dabble in it, you know, no Marxism, Marxism in the morning. If I had a rough night, like, <laughs> it's a, it, it is baffling. Now, do you think that people for the most part, fall for the slogan or do you really think that they really believe they're all in on the on what it is the slogan 100% the slogan people don't and even if you are going off of the slogan let's say that it wasn't Marxist let's say that it wasn't interlaced with eat the rich and the founders being trained Marxists and, and everything like that. And let's say it was legitimately about black lives matter. Well, then we're not addressing the right stuff. We then there's a whole slew of things. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that George Floyd and, and Michael Brown and all these situations wouldn't be on this list. But they would be way towards the bottom when we talk about like the shit that we need to address if the movement is really for Black Lives Mattering. Now, in that Nini's Delhi All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter debate that I filmed, if you notice the white guy, again, very like warped world, you had the black girls, All Lives Matter, the white guy, Black Lives Matter, what a world we live in. If you notice, though, when the white guy was asked about the whole thing, his whole thing was pretty much, yeah, it's just like an energy, it's a vibe, like, it's like a very hippie-esque type of answer, Yeah, which is fine personally, like, it's fine, you can have your energy and your vibes and everything, but you don't expect us to, like restructure society off of your vibe do you like that's not that's not something you can legitimately really so really believe in so my my thing is even if if you are going off of let's say this was legitimately two people like i think to a lot of people 
they are just going off of the slogan. They're not digging as deep as we are into the organization. You're going off of, okay, Black Lives Matter. Even then you're misguided though. So even at the surface level, you're wrong as fuck. Let alone as we get deeper, you see you're really wrong. But what it is, is a tactic. And it's a tactic from the powers that be to get their agenda across. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this book right now. It is so amazing. I could barely put it down. Anytime I get free time, I'm in it. Dinesh D'Souza's United States of Socialism. He gets busy in that book. Like he breaks down the history. He breaks down more or less the founders of socialism in this country, the ones that have perpetuated it forward, progressives, how it's all interlaced with the Democratic Party, all of this stuff. And I'm going to get into what's going on with Black Lives Matter. But one thing that I wanted to talk about in that book is Woodrow Wilson had a beef. A lot of people didn't know Woodrow Wilson had a beef with Henry Ford. He had a beef for Henry Ford because he said that the automobile is a rich man's toy, a rich man's plaything that need not be worked on and 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 right now you just made a face right you just made a face obviously the listeners can see the face that you made but to you it's baffling how somebody could think that way because in the context that we live in today everybody has a fucking car and cars help us get around help us handle business i mean the automobile is somewhere up there with the wheel and fire like in the things that it's <laughs> yeah. given people the capacity to accomplish yeah. but to think that at one time there was a quote-unquote progressive like it's so funny how they use the word that they're progressive but they're actually so regressive yeah progressive that stood out against it because he didn't have vision that's the same thing that you see today it's like all of these things all all of these people that are against all of these things that really do help society move forward like business and banking and capitalism and everything like that so it's very well i mean a perfect example is how ocasio cortez engaged with amazon and costed new york all those jobs that's like a that's a perfect example of that in a, in a community and, that could have helped it. And that's a, a quick example. See, Woodrow Wilson has the luxury of that, him being in a time, well, you didn't know what the car would become, but now look at what it was. Had Henry Ford been on the same shit that he was on, yeah. who knows how things would have turned out. So that gives you a perfect example of the short-sightedness of some of these people. So I, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to, to, to establish their, short, their short-sightedness in the past and today, giving the Ocasio-Cortez example. But then now what you have is there's this Marxist terminology. It's called proletariat. And in the mm-hmm. Marxist terminology of proletariat, pretty much proletariat is the working class people. 
So like, so the bourgeoisie, right? Huh? No, no. The 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 bourgeoisie is is, the is like is like the upper class, yeah. the 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 rich, the lavish, everything like that. Yeah. So so uh, essentially, the proletariat is who Marx wants to turn against the bourgeoisie. But the thing is this, and even Marx admitted it: the proletariat will become the bourgeoisie because yeah. the more the more you work the more the more you eat the more you're able to obtain yeah and the more the world is fruitful to you imagine and then that's why i brought up the woodrow wilson thing there was a time where the president of the united states said that the car is a rich man's toy Fast forward now, everybody has a car. There was a time only certain people have a cell phone. Yeah. Flash forward now, everybody has a cell phone. There was a time people only had one pair of shoes. Now people throw away shoes. They have so many shoes. So my point is, is yeah. that is that things move forward and that short-sightedness, yeah. all it does is getting in the way. All it is is getting in the way of people, the people that like you claim you're for, the victims getting what they need and what they and what they will eventually have so what happens is and this is where now we're getting into the black lives matter thing the proletariat because it evolves think about who's considered the right wing who's considered capitalist who's considered the bourgeoisie of today if you will it's like Trump's base, but Trump's base isn't the super rich. They're just hardworking people that have small businesses that have, you know, maybe bigger businesses, but not quite corporations, hardworking, everyday blue collar people, all of that. So now those people that at one time, if we if we rewind back to the past, those were the people that would have been, you know, working in factories you know, unionizing all of those type of people because of time and capitalism, they've evolved outside of what Marx would consider the proletariat. They've evolved out of it. So now who is your proletariat? Because the proletariat has to be a victim of something. That's what makes them the proletariat. They yeah. have to be the victim of the bourgeoisie. So yeah. who's the victim? Well, you can't really get the working class people because Trump has been for them. So, oh, police brutality, you're a victim. Oh, trans, yeah. you're a victim. Gays, but now that ain't even working so much because there's a lot of gays that pretty much their only beef that they ever had with Republicans was like stopping them from getting married. Once that was over with, you see that, well, they're hardworking business people. And there's a shitload of people on Twitter that I see that are gay and they like Trump. And yeah. and and Milo was kind of that thing that made you realize, damn, like this is gay people out there that like yeah. rock with Republicans. So now you're 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 not even really getting them. So who's who can we peel out of the LGBTQ community that would be the vic oh the trans? So now if Bro, you I've, I've talked to Muslims that say they like Trump. So what? So, so that's my point is like so what the left is trying to do they're trying to find their proletariat. That's what they're looking for and 
that's how you see where you get Black Lives Matter and Beverly Hills talking about eat the rich because it is interlaced with Marxism. It is interlaced with communism. And that's my class for today. Yeah. That was broken down great. But yeah, good book. I recommend it. The United States of Socialism. If you get a chance, pick it up. Read it. Dinesh D'Souza. Really good stuff. Um, and it, and it's well balanced because he even... In that book, he, he talks about in a utopia what would be the benefits of socialism. Obviously... All of the facts of history and and stats and the numbers show that it it doesn't work. It wouldn't work. But he gives a very balanced account of of everything. The human element is what would really... Because socialism as an idea, like you said, when you look at it like unbiasedly, it's like, well, it doesn't sound too bad, but you're not taking the human element that's thrown in and it's like, well, do you want performance-based or do you just want equal for everybody? Because performance-based, this is why we have an iPhone today. And, and there's also there's also a lot of requirements that we don't meet. Like, for instance, like he'll bring up like the the the, the socialism of of like Scandinavia, and then he'll compare it to the socialism of, of like Cuba and Venezuela. And then he'll use the United States as a platform and he'll, and he'll show how in a lot of ways that will never work like the Scandinavian version because they're homogenous people. So it's like all pretty much one race. So there's that. Then It's one culture, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Like one race, one culture. Then... They don't really show a culture there of like taking advantage of the system. Like whereas like people here, they uh-huh. do. There's like so much stuff that he lays out. Honestly, like it, it really is like too much to get into, especially if like we're ending the episode. But he talks about that. He also talks about how it really isn't a full blown socialist system because of how much they actually perpetuate business and support business and and everything like that so much stuff and it's just something that like in there he makes a solid case of how it would never work here it really doesn't work in the way that the sanders and the ocasio cortez say that it works over there and how the model that they mirror and the shit that they say isn't really based off of the scandinavian version it's more so based off of the cuban Venezuelan version, which obviously is pretty much hell on earth. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But uh, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging with Apes. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.